Hello, I'm Justine Harcourt de Treville, Editor-in-Chief of Virtual, and I am super honored today because I have a very special guest, Jim Chabin. And who is Jim Chabin? Well, he is the former president of the, oh gosh, here we go, American Television Arts Academy of Television <laughs> Arts and Sciences, better known, as we say, as the Television Academy. That's easier. And the Primetime Emmys is even easier. So, that I remember for sure. Right. Who has not made friends with the Emmys and sat at night watching all of the ball gowns and the, the prizes that are awarded? But now you switch courses and you're doing something a, a lot more future forward. Yes. Uh, ten years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I got a call, believe it or not. I rarely in my life has uh, anyone ever called me for a job. I've always uh, uh, been out looking for jobs. But anyway, I got a call from Walt Disney Studios and they said... Um, there is a need. We are all the studios. All of us are investing in the next generation of how we're going to tell stories, mm-hmm. whether it's movies or all these other platforms. But and what year was this? Because this it's was early. nineteen. This was ten years ago, so it would be nineteen eighty-eight. Two thousand and eight. Two thousand eight. <laughs> See, I can't remember strings of words here with numbers. You are my buddy. <laughs> Two thousand eight, and uh, just that. Um, all of this new technology is coming and no one's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to affect and change the way we tell stories and deliver movies and do television and do website uh, uh, content. So we really need a group to be formed to educate everyone about how to do this well so that it builds an industry that will employ people and have successful companies within it and will build a community around that that will be prosperous. And um, we're interested in doing this, and we thought maybe you would be the guy to do it because that's kind of what you've done with your career. So I went over and talked to them, and um, and out of that, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg at DreamWorks and uh, uh, Greg Foster at IMAX and others came together and said, yeah, we think this is a great idea, and we were born. So you built a consortium of all these studios, So we're correct? an alliance, yeah, of studios. And our first original group were DreamWorks, uh, Sony, Paramount, IMAX, the Walt Disney Company, uh, and Barco, which is a, a Brussels a based, yeah, absolutely, and uh, Panasonic, and a few others. What's fascinating, and what tells you about where everything is going, is that our chairman for next year, 2019, is Buzz Hayes from Google. Our <laughs> vice chairman is Walt Disney Studios. Our other vice chairman is HP and NVIDIA and Cisco, and Warner Brothers, and Sony, and Paramount, and NBC Entertainment. So in the span of 10 years, we've gone from an organization of creative people to an organization of creative people who are working with technology companies in order to um, empower their storytelling using technology. And if you had said 10 years ago, in 2019, your leadership will be Cisco, and Dell, and HP, and NVIDIA, and Google, I just said, what group will I be working for? Because clearly, it will be another job. The fact that it's the same job, it's just all these uh, dynamics and these transformations have occurred, is mind-boggling to me. That is mind-boggling. Yeah. That really is. There's something interesting, because you mentioned a lot of predominantly uh, companies known for movies, and your background is central and television. And when we talk about cinematic VR, usually the link is made from you know 2D uh, movie pictures 
to VR. And I'm curious if you have any thoughts on people that work in television moving to VR. If Are there any differences or any skills that television people have that uh, film don't, doesn't? Justine, what's interesting to me is in college, my first entry into broadcasting was in radio. <laughs> on the air radio. And when I was playing the Beatles or I was playing uh, Help by the Beatles or others, I would notice that these great rock groups used left channel and then right channel. And so when we broadcasted on FM radio, there would be movement in your ears right, left. So the greatest bands of all time were experimenting with moving the sound around your ears when you listen to something on the FM radio. Many people didn't notice it, but we did because we were in the studio playing mm -hmm. the music. The point is, if I look back and say, well, what prepares you for VR? I would say sound. If you've worked around sound, you know that sound directs your attention. The Beatles knew that. Uh, uh, major, major gr rock groups knew how to move sound from left channel to right. Uh, VR relies on, in many cases, can be enhanced by spatial placement of audio. Um, television is something that we learn to do quickly and expensively. Uh, you need to do it fast because you had a show that you had to get up next week or tomorrow night, whatever it was, a live newscast this afternoon, the Oprah Winfrey show, uh, tomorrow afternoon, whatever it was, you're working on a very short timeline um, and you wanted to make something look great. You wanted to design something that could be used over and over and over and you believed in episodic storytelling and so you played with all these other devices in order to say, I want someone to come back to my show next week. I want someone to be watching the news tomorrow night. Um, so you're constantly saying, what can I put in this that will be interesting that I can develop and people will come back tomorrow to see what happens to my characters. And then we look at motion pictures and here are people that work on average four years on a motion picture uh, project. Wow. Uh, the people at Pixar, when I asked them, what's the, how long are you working on a movie? They said, minimum four years. And I said, what takes so long? They say, we work on just the story for the first two years. We don't. We don't shoot a frame. We don't do anything. The first two years is we're trying to get that amazing emotional story correct. And if you've seen Coco or Toy Story 3, if you've seen the Pixar movies, you realize they make you laugh, they make you cry, uh, they tug at your heartstrings, and you realize these are people that work very, very carefully at the craft of story and then meticulously pick every color, every look, every shade of, 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 of shadow uh, and the voices in order to create these wondrous worlds. So you say, what prepares you for VR? And I would say, I see things in all of our traditional art forms that one could bring to VR that would make VR very exciting. And that's why I love to meet people in VR and find out what their backgrounds are, because almost all of them have eclectic backgrounds. They, they, they do not say, um, I've made movies for my whole career. Almost all of them say, I've done this, I lived in Paris. One of our one of our great directors in VR is Celine Tricard. Born and raised in Paris, lives uh, between Los Angeles and Paris, and just finished a movie on women fighting the Taliban in Syria called The Sun Ladies. And she's been out in the war zone uh, uh, filming a VR experience in order to bring the war home to people in, in, in around the world so they understand the sadness and the importance of ending war. So you meet these wonderful people who are doing these amazing things and almost none of them can be pigeonholed into, well, they did this and therefore they're a VR person. They've done many things and it all informs their, their art. Yes, that's quite a different um, 
ladder. Uh, I remember in film, it was always you had to get a job for free, being a runner, and then you'd, you'd hopefully work your way up. And you're right, you do get to draw from different backgrounds, which breeds a very diverse and busy kind of, um, it's a cauldron of ideas and talent and um, to, m- m- making that meet together with new technology. Yeah. So, but here's something, and what made me think when you talked about Toy Story, I thought, here is an animation film that typically, because of the good writing, appeals to people across ages, and um, typically, a new technology is the domain of the young, but you and I are above 40, right? <laughs> um, shall we say, and what's exciting for you being, you know, seasoned, uh, and having seen radio, television, film, and uh. VR... I, I, I have this internal uh, humorous thought, and when I hear it, it makes me smile. But when I started in radio, and I, please endure this is a podcast, so I hope we, people we can will, endure as I long people, as you want. I, I hope people will stay with me on this because I think it's important. I started in high school. When I started in high school, the everybody listened to AM radio. So my first job in radio was on an AM radio station. We played rock and roll. We played the Beatles. We played, uh, you know, uh, Def Leppard and uh, and Cat uh, Stevens and uh, uh, all of the music of that time. By the time I went to college, um, FM radio had come along, and so I remember everyone saying, "No one's going to listen to FM." Because there are no FM radios in people's cars and no one has an FM radio at home. So FM is dead. It's never going to happen. Everything's always going to stay on AM. (laughs) Well, of course, FM had much better quality and it was a much better experience for the listener. So FM took charge and everything went to FM. And then the AM people who were saying FM will never happen, pretty much AM became something for news talk or sports or something. But it it never became, uh, it it never recovered. When I went to television... Uh, I remember the people in broadcast television saying, cable will never survive. It will never happen. It's just no one cares about that. Everybody wants to watch Dallas, so they want to watch this show we have or that show, Mary Tyler No one's going to watch some cheap <laughs> cable channel. And, of course, cable took off because viewers wanted more than three choices or four choices, and all of a sudden everybody was happy that we had 100 channels of everything you could conceive of was on TV. So then I went to cable television, and I was the 30th employee for E! Entertainment Television. And I was there the day we threw the switch and became E! And now anywhere in the world you see E! Entertainment Television. It started with just 30 employees, and I was one of those 30 employees. And I remember when the internet happened and websites came along, and someone (laughs) said, well, the good news is no one's ever going to watch television on a website. You'll never, you're never going to watch anything on a website. You're going to watch it on your flat screen in the comfort of your home, sitting on your couch, and no one's going to stare at a computer or some small screen to watch a TV show. They're going to want to watch it on a big flat screen TV. Well, of course, now if you climb on an international flight or a domestic flight anywhere in the world, everybody is looking at their cell phones and watching their favorite uh, TV or, 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 or movie. Uh, so uh, I always think of uh, people, and I think... If someone's telling me this will never fly, this is never going to happen, I know it's going to, right? So right now, there's that moment of, oh, this VR thing. No one cares about VR. The customer doesn't want the VR. Kids don't want the VR. This is never going to happen. I go, that tells me it's going to happen, right? Because every single platform 
every single platform you can think of that rolls out, generally speaking, will have its ups and its downs. But if you look back 10 years, it has continued to roll. And there is a huge group of people, of the 7 billion people on the planet, there are hundreds of millions who love it and they've learned how to use it and they know what they love to watch on it. And companies make an enormous amount of money uh, being involved in it and people learn it and kids coming out of college want us. That's what they want to do. They don't want to make movies. They want to make VR experiences. So the one thing I do know is if you look back and say, well, name the things that have failed, that they said would fail and they really did fail. You go, not many. Um, and it, it's interesting, if I'm in the car here coming from the Brussels airport, what's the car, the radio, radio's on. Mm-hmm. He's listening to World Cup. He's listening to the football. Um, uh, so no matter where you go, almost all of these technologies, they didn't go away. They just found their place and something new is constantly coming into it. So I think that's where we are with VR that's and That's kind of true because I remember when cable television first came around, it was just really doing a lot of different movies, right? And they, they HBO would put on a movie and, and then another movie after that and another movie and there's programming for movies. It, and then it morphed into this, what I would call a predecessor for t- Netflix, right? where it, it did, you know, its own episodic television. Right. And uh, so it morphed too, you're right. So just as uh, the different mediums, they change as well. So the people who said, I'll never watch a TV show that's streamed online, (laughs) didn't didn't anticipate that Netflix would happen, and Netflix became such a phenomenon. Now Disney has announced they're launching their own streaming service. Warner Brothers has announced they're launching their streaming service. And so we'll see what happens. Will satellite television go away? Will Sky go away? I don't think so. Uh You know? Will it change? Will fewer people subscribe or more? Yeah, probably. But I think in 10 years from now, Sky will still be around. So will the BBC. Right? <laughs> well, that's good to know. I think so. We, we need things. Last question. So, Immersive, you, you have a, a fine career going there. But do you imagine merging the two? And do you foresee ever uh, directing and producing the, uh, let's see, the Emmy Awards for, for Immersive? Uh, As its own standalone? I will tell you that our 10th annual awards will be at Warner Brothers on January 30th in Hollywood. And our board, which is Disney, uh, very much wants several awards at every award show are for emerging technologies. This is the, these are the Walt Disney people saying this, right? So it is, it is an evening that 10 years ago, most of our awards were for 3D Movies and 3D television and 3D trailers and 3D commercials and movie theaters. Now our evenings awards include mm-hmm. two or three fabulous awards for be for Mary Poppins mm-hmm. or Black Panther or some great movies. Two or three for documentaries. We will have at least three to five awards for virtual reality. Wow. We will pro- we will have two or three awards for high dynamic range, the new format that doubles and triples the amount of color that you see in your TV show and motion picture so it looks exactly the way Steven Spielberg uh, photographed it on set we'll have two or three awards for that we'll have awards for 4K uh, which is that dazzling new crystal clear picture that allows you to read the the label on the side of a football uh, during a Manchester United football game on the BBC the picture will be so clear so our awards on January 30th more than half of them will be for things that didn't exist 10 years ago that's wonderful Isn't news. Isn't that remarkable? That is wonderful news. It's so great. Well, I really appreciate this conversation. Justine, it's been a pleasure. Oh, and, thanks. Uh, and come back. Well, I have to say I love Belgium. I love Europe. And uh, 
and uh, during the holidays, I, I would be so sad if I weren't able to be here to support our colleagues at Stereopsia and our uh, Advanced Imaging Society organization here in the EU. And for those of you who are still listening at this point in this conversation and aspire to create, know that um, you will succeed if you determine that that's what you want to do. And don't let anyone or any situation tell you that you cannot do it. Uh, because there are always, there's always, I always say, there's always a baseline of uh, negativity. There's always a baseline of skepticism. There's always a baseline telling you, you can't do this. You can't get this job. You should stop trying to go pursue this uh, dream of yours. This movie will never be successful. This TV show is terrible. I promise you that no matter where you are in your career, you'll wake up in the morning a little fearful that um, that your dream is 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 not uh, achievable, and what I'm telling you is, uh, my entire life has been listening to that kind of baseline of skepticism and tuning it out and staying focused on my goal. Because if I did that, I ended up with a career filled with things that um, I'm enormously proud of, and they would never have happened had I heard someone say, "No one's ever going to listen to FM radio." Oh, bravo. Thank you so much. Thank you, Justine.